And I'm Matt. And welcome to Hank, a podcast all about food and drink in Cardiff. So in this episode of Hank, we are going to be talking about the issue of food waste, um, which uh, has become, I think it's become much more part of the public consciousness in the last few years. Um, uh, you know, there's some really big stats around the amount of food that, that does get wasted. Um, I recently worked on a, a blog post for um, Love Food, Hate Waste that was all about the amount of bread, just bread alone that gets mm. wasted in the UK. I think the stat was 24 million slices a day. Mm. And that's not just people at home. That's um, if you think about every time you buy a packet of sandwiches yeah. from a supermarket, yeah. the ends of the quest have, have gone in the bin. Yeah. And there's, there's people doing stuff about that. Um, and that campaign was all about trying to get people not to waste it as soon as they do get it home. Um, and that you know, there's stats showing what an impact that that could have if we all if we all took it on board. So, for instance, if we stopped binning food that we bin at home, it would be if everyone stopped binning the, the amount of food that we currently bin at home, it would be the equivalent to taking one in four cars off the road. Um, and another kind of shocking stat is that the amount of food that we currently waste, um, it would take land the size of China to grow it all. So it's a huge kind of right. when you think about kind of the way that population's going and everything yep. else. Um, but the good news is there are loads of people doing good things about it. We are making prog- progress. Apparently, um, since 2007, between us, we're saving 3.3 billion a year compared to the amount of food we were wasting back then. Right. So we are we are getting better. Yeah. Um, and this episode, we talked to two people who are kind of pioneering that in Cardiff, aren't we? Yeah, so there's some brilliant, really positive things happening locally, which is great, uh, and tackling the issue in a really kind of creative way. So... Um, later on in this episode, I'm going to talk to Ilted Dunsford uh, from Charcuterie Limited. I caught up with him after his, uh, sadly, after his final um, growth market. Um, uh, but first, um, you met Becca at the latest Wasteless Supper. So I am here with Becca from Green City Events, who is telling me all about the Wasteless Cardiff Supper that we have just eaten this evening. So um, for anybody who doesn't know what that is, can you tell everybody what it's all about? So Wasteless is all about using up food surplus and inspiring people to waste less food in their homes and in their businesses. So we've brought together a load of um, food lovers and food businesses in the Cardiff area uh, to host these supper clubs. And um, we collect all of the food waste from supermarkets and other food places that want to donate the food to us. And we create beautiful dishes with the help of our local food partners. So who was involved tonight, chef-wise? So tonight we had, of course, Leah from Leah's Kitchen running the show down in um, in, the, in the kitchen. But we also had um, Lorian from Coco Rico and his team. We had Laura from Tidy Kitchen. We also had donated raclette and telegio from the Cheese Pantry. And um, Inner City Pickle had created some beautiful relishes for us as well. Okay, so what's your hope that people will take away from eating this? Because I've, I just ate it tonight and it was bloody <laughs> lush. Um, it was really good. The scotch egg was insane. And I can't believe that's made from stuff that would otherwise end up in the it? bin. Yeah. I think it's exactly that. It's to change perceptions about food waste and food surplus. I think people have a, a, a view of food waste that means they can't see it being of any value of or even being made in something really tasty and it's 
I don't know. I think it's. I mean, I'm not. I'm not gonna lie. I used to skip dive. I have been a skip diver in the past. <laughs> so, but I think it's really moved on from that. And lots of supermarkets are trying their best and to rehome a lot of food surplus. But the truth is, as Leah was explaining earlier, a lot of charities don't have the capacity to collect all of that food surplus. Um, and we, people working with local businesses and with smaller organisations on the ground, um, we can find sort of smaller outlets for for the food surplus but also it's about sharing best practice with lots of local chefs and um, tonight I mean Lorian from Coco Rico seems to have a completely zero waste approach he he sees what is excess in his kitchen and he creates a whole dish from it or a whole new product from it um, and it's inspired by the waste and that's just his process wow. and I think there's a lot of learning that can be done between these food businesses but also between individuals as well I did catch a lot of like wasteless chat and conversations and people sharing little tips and I think that's really important too because it's not just um, the supermarkets uh, in that point in the food chain where food is wasted in actual fact it's us as individuals that waste the most food it's when we buy it and we either don't store it properly or we it's leftovers and we throw it away or we over portion and we cook too much it we do a lot of the wasting ourselves so it's trying to have that all across the board approach that, that whether you're an individual or a food business you can you can make a big difference yeah I was I was talking to the people on my table and they were saying that they're they're kind of like slaves to the sell-by date and if something has gone past the time then you know it goes in the bin and I, I think last week I ate a, a pot of sour cream that was about 15 days out of date but I opened it it hadn't even been opened yet you used your common I sense. opened it and it was perfect <laughs> yeah it was perfect so there's loads of myths around all the dates on things so it's really people really get confused by them so the sell-by date isn't for us we don't need to even take any notice of the sell-by date that is for the supermarket to tell them when they're supposed to take it off their shelves we can eat it after that sell-by date that's fine use by date that's the one you want to look out for because that's usually on foods that could be dangerous to you if you eat them afterwards but i'm the same i will have a little check of things and if they're not opened and if i look at it and it's fine it smells fine do a little cheeky taste I will eat it. But obviously things like meat, you want to watch out for. That's what you can't do. But you can if you've got something in your fridge and you're like, right, okay, it's coming up to its use by date. You know you're not going to eat it. Chuck it in the freezer. You can still then eat it after it's used by date, but when it's been frozen. And then the best before date, I basically completely ignore those. Mm. It's like it's still going to be edible after that date. You mm. just have to do the, the sensible test, really. Yeah, and I think maybe it's shopping to your lifestyle as well. Like we were talking at my table and they were all aghast that I said that my fridge is generally 90% empty most of the time. Oh, wow, really? But that's because of the fact that I'm out loads. Yeah. I have a job where my hours aren't fixed, so mm. I basically live and die by my freezer and my store cupboard. Yeah. And stuff gets frozen for when I need it, and then I'll take something out and defrost it or have something that I batch cooked or it'll be um, a piece of fish or a ratatouille or something it's a really and efficient so I'm kind of to, to live yeah like because that. otherwise I come home and I go oh for Christ's sake I've left that in there for yeah. a week and, and you get gone. upset about the yeah, soggy wonky like broccoli at the back of your fridge yeah <laughs> so I don't yeah. have one of these like you know if anybody ever came around my house and said let's do a food bloggers fridge raid they would be <laughs> bitterly disappointed because there's kind of like five condiments and maybe yeah. like an old like crusty piece of ginger and that's it because <laughs> I just I live and die by the stuff that I can keep for longer because then you can be more flexible yeah. with your life and, and I things think can go in your freezer that you don't even realize like you can freeze cheese uh -huh. you I mean you're not even supposed to be able to freeze lettuce but if I've got something that's slightly soggy at the, the bag I'll chuck it in the freezer and then I'll make a nice soup when I've got enough enough bags so yeah I think being being friendly with your freezer is probably a good way to go
Yeah, definitely. Okay, so if there's one thing that you want people to kind of keep in mind or... I'd say it's just hoping that people will keep these things in mind and a little bit of awareness for when they're maybe next shopping or when they're next cooking some food or when they next look in the back of their fridge and they see a slightly wonky carrot and they think actually do you know what I'm going to use that I'm not going to throw it out I think it's about those small little things about just changing the little things and then hoping that that has has a wider effect but even for us like what I love about this journey is I'm still three or four years into this food waste journey and I'm still learning new things and new tips and new tricks and it, things like this, suppers like this are where you can come and talk about those things and find those little bits of inspiration. Fab, thank you very much. Thank you. That was brilliant. Turns out you had a great time at the Waste of Supper. Um, it's brilliant the way they're involving lots of different chefs and there's lots of restaurants in Cardiff getting involved so they're, kind of, they're spreading the word. Um, and some really great tips there that people can kind of take, uh, take away and, and kind of use at home as well to, to minimise their waste. Where else can people go for, um, for information about the sorts of uh, things they can do at home to, to kind of cut down on their waste? So the Love Food Hate Waste website is really good. They've also got um, a Facebook group um, I think it's just their Facebook page but they treat it a bit like a community page so people share their own tips from home and upload different yeah. info and stuff to it which is great um, Leah's Kitchen's um, blog is also really good um, she's got loads she's done loads of work with kind of cutting down on food waste um, and learning recipes that can help you kind of combat that stuff and of course the, the biggest thing people can do I think is, is learning how to cook because as soon as you get more confident in the kitchen you find ways to use up ingredients that you've got in the fridge instead of just following recipes or not knowing what to do with yeah. stuff. So I think there's always that. Yes, and make the freezer your friend. Yes, true. Yes, definitely. Uh, brilliant. Right, I'm off to uh, Roth Market to talk to Isted. Fab. So I'm talking to uh, Isted Dunsford, Charcutier Limited. Um, and uh, Isted, you were involved in a, in a brilliant project with Selfridges called Wasted, which is all about um, reuse of, of uh, or minimization of waste food. Um, can you tell me a little bit about uh, about that? Yeah, so um, American chef uh, Dan Barber, um, he's really seen as the sort of poster boy for sustainability, uh, was invited by, by Selfridges to do a, a pop-up restaurant on, on its roof uh, last year, early 2017. And um, he contacted us probably nearly 18 months before the, the project um, to ask whether we'd, we could work with him to source the, the animals uh, for the project and to, to find different ways... Uh, livestock that generally would be seen as waste so mm. things like uh, calves from the dairy industry uh, cull sows um, chickens ex laying chickens that have little value um, uh, to the meat industry uh, but also finding waste food streams waste code products from the food industry that we could use as a feed feed stream uh, for the, that, that those livestock so I think in total we, we processed around just over 300 chickens about 20 calves uh, and about 20 pigs as well um, into a range of products but also ut utilizing the same ethos as we have in the business of whole carcass utilization and making as many products as possible um, fr from those animals so um, over a period of six weeks there were about 8,000 covers in that restaurant and it was a real way of focusing and understanding uh, the value of, of those animals and how far they could go within, yeah. within food production. Yeah so I mean as a farmer as a butcher you, you've always uh, you know, you've always followed that nose to tail uh, ethos, if you like. What What are some of the you know, that that's led you down some some quite interesting kind of product development routes and product innovation routes? What What are some of the things that 
uh, that have come out of that sort of work for you? Absolutely. I mean, it's, it's been it's been the focus for the last seven years of the business is, is to use whole animals rather than to buy cuts in. Uh, and it's actually the, the hardest thing within the business. And it's it's the thing we've we've found most difficult in terms of scaling the business. Because mm. if you look at the traditional meat industry, very, very few big businesses use whole carcass. They might use a certain number of carcasses and then they'll balance the rest of it with, with the cuts that are needed. Um, and that's actually the point that we've got to as a business where... Uh, the kind of the next pivot for us is to look more at the utilization of waste yeah. rather than um, using whole animals and and really kind of the the turning point for me was doing a, an audit at an abattoir up in um, the north of England and uh, I was with a red tractor auditor and he was timing the the point between so sort of the the stun of the animal and the sticking of the animal um, and from a welfare perspective there's a there's a timed element there yeah well, I, I was looking at the blood that was being collected and I asked the abattoir owner, well, wh- what are you doing with all this blood? And he said, well, we're collecting all of it and it's, it's put into a tank and then it's taken away to, to be incinerated to produce energy. So I asked, well, so what's the cost of that? And yeah. he, he said about £300 a week to, to them as a business to take that away. So uh, so having done a sort of quick calculation in the back of the back of an envelope based on the volume that was being taken away, I realised that they could be producing around £30,000 worth of fresh blood black pudding. Uh, per week from from that that blood, so it it started sort of a, a process for me of, of of thinking about how waste could be utilized um, as the main ingredient as opposed to mm. part of a sort of a, a yeah. wider kind of um, what what we have been doing is is trying to maximize the carcass and trying to lessen the amount of waste, and it made me really think that perhaps the business should pivot and and develop to being a business that actually looks at waste rather than yeah. than the whole animal. Yeah, and I think that that kind of absolutely fits with with a lot of the kind of circular thinking at the moment of 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 not seeing waste as waste, but seeing it as a potential you know new product in itself. And yeah, that, that's really interesting. Yeah, and the, the, I guess the four key things that I could see from the from the meat industry uh, were blood, skin, uh, bones, and fat. Those were the the, the four sort of streams yeah. that I I really wanted to explore, and. Um, there are so many high-value products as well that, that uh, are able to be made from things that, that are traditionally seen as, as waste. So just because something in the meat industry is worth 30 pence a kilo doesn't necessarily mean they can't be turned into something that's 80 pence a kilo. Yeah, so yeah. it's uh, there's, uh, yeah, there, there, there's room to add that value. Yeah, and, and you think we'll, we'll see a resurgence in those sorts of products as people get more aware of the need to minimise waste in, in the food chain? Absolutely. Well, I think we need greater resilience in the food industry anyway. Yeah. Um, and we, we really need to maximise our profits. Uh, for us working on Wasted, we worked with a, a number of, of larger meat organisations that we hadn't worked with previously. Mm. And one of the interesting things that came out of that was was them asking, well, we're really interested in what you're doing with Wasted. We're really interested in, in your approach of, of how you're maximising a carcass. Uh, and in some cases, they said, well, we need an extra few pence per carcass where we can actually really revolutionise yeah. our businesses. Can you help us with that? And for us, it, because that's what we do as a business, um, that was very, very straightforward. Yeah. Um, and and you know, it, it's, it doesn't take much for these bigger businesses to change a few minor things that, that could actually change you know, their structure completely. Yeah, yeah. You get whole new sources of revenue and whole new businesses and products coming out of it. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. So what's next for, for you now? You talked about the, the fresh blood black pudding. Yeah, that, um, that's the first product. 
Uh, we've got a second and third product sort of lined up as well. Again, looking at those four things. Yeah. But fresh blood, black pudding, utilizing fresh blood and, and, and fat, those are the two sort of yeah. uh, key elements that will go into the first generation of product. And, 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 and try to upscale that. Rather than produce, uh, I think in December of last year, I counted 47 products that we produced wow. within that month. Instead of doing 47, we just do one product and do one yeah. product well. Yeah. Um, and, and give us an opportunity to see whether we can upscale that as, as a business and, 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 and find the profit in it. Because... We, uh, we, we strive to do the right thing as a business yeah. and that doesn't necessarily uh, make for an easy life not not just in its the business model but also in its profitability yeah. and uh, I guess in some ways the business has grown up now that, that it needs to go to the to the next step because mm. it's gained all this knowledge over the last seven years and uh, and it sort of wouldn't be really sort of doing myself a favor if I, if I didn't sort of use all that knowledge yeah. to, to take it forward yeah well I'm sure whatever comes next will be a roaring success just thank like you. the last seven years so uh, yeah thank you very much cheers thanks for listening to this episode of Hand just a little reminder now would be a great time to hit subscribe so you don't miss out on future episodes thanks and see you soon